One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, Monday wasn't a day off for everybody. It certainly wasn't for me. And it wasn't for the Rays, although it was supposed to be. But if you had to spend a day working, like the Rays did, they got it done, man. Four to one. They beat the Red Sox. They win the series three games to one. And Shane McClanahan, not spectacular, walked the first two batters he faced, but was uh, sturdy, as Mark Tompkin wrote, and um, gets his win. He's down nine and one on the season. This was um, this was like a grinded out series. You know what's weird about this series, Steve? They didn't hit a home run. They mm-hmm. had two pulled back on them <laughs> on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Balls that were around the pesky pole, uh, one of them I think, and then another one that was to uh, right center field. They got they was robbed, is what they were. But um, Josh Lowe hit one, and then uh, uh, Frankie Mejia hit the other one around the pesky pole. But uh, other than that, for the team that leads the majors in home runs to go to that ballpark with with the Green Monster, mm-hmm. the Monster hit it wicked far, and they didn't get a home run in that ballpark for four games, and still won three of them, and should have won four. But for Jalen Beeks, his uh, two-out meltdown in the sixth inning of game one, um, pretty good. Yeah, I think Tur- good, uh, Turner series. for the Red Sox had the only home run of the series today over the Monster. I think you're right. Yeah. But I think the weather probably had something to do with it, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it Cold, did. rainy, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just you know, not, not, not good baseball conditions for June 3rd through 5. Cor- correct. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking late April. <laughs> no, what are we doing here? We're talking global June. warming. <laughs> what global warming? Yeah. No, the weather's been it's I been mean, sketchy in a lot of places. You know, this November World Series is that they're getting to is going to be great when the northern teams are in it. If June is well, this way. Right. Well, you know, up is down. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be warm come November. I'm not really sure. Well, hopefully it's at the trop anyway and it's it's uh air conditioned and, and you know, climate controlled. Seventy-two degrees, baby, yep. all the time. But the I'm sure the Red Sox are tired of seeing the Rays. What are they now against them this year? Seven so far? and one, or one and seven, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, they're one and seven. Rays seven and one. That's how you win the American League East. That and the fact that you have a forty-three and nineteen record at this point. Um, but we're talking about fifty wins here. It's incredible how quickly they put this together, and they they did manage to give some guys a day off, um, but. You know, it, it it's funny to me that this team has so many ways to beat you that in a series where they don't hit home runs, they were taking extra bases. We talked about the Little League home run that Yanni Diaz kind of forced the other night. Uh, well, that happened. Margot soon. kind of forced that. I mean, yeah. Well, Margot forced it. You're right. Um, yes, exactly. And well, Diaz was going to second and yes. hustle play, mm-hmm. and they threw it away in the center field. So mm-hmm. he was. Also, but everybody's trying to take the extra base and doing so. We talked about the thirty for thirty steals that they had had going into yesterday's game. I mean, I I don't know what else you can do as an offense and how deep they are. And even in games where Christian Betancourt is getting some time off, like Frankie Mejia starts swinging a hot bat all of a sudden, and you know it it really is something that you, you know you know good pitching is supposed to be hitting and pitching and defense doesn't go in a slump and all those cliches are true especially in the postseason. I'm getting a feel. It's starting to feel to me a little bit like the Lightning when they won the President's Cup and they went to Columbus. And then 
you know, it's like all that matters now is the postseason, right? Like this mm-hmm. is great. They're winning lots of games. They're going to win 100. They'll probably win the East. And then you go, okay, well, now what? Now can they keep this going, you know, throughout the postseason? But, man, oh, man, is it, it, it just the winning, right? Like every game they seem to jump out to a lead. Every game, um, you know, they, they seem to to put themselves in position no matter how they have to do it, whether it's with home runs, um, taking the extra base, you know, and the starting pitching, for the most part, uh, while they've lost, obviously, two really good starters, has has been fairly solid, you know. And now the bullpen, I think, is starting to round out, you know, itself. And, and like we've talked about, they're going to get some guys back. Just a really fun team to watch right now, you know. And Red Sox fan not having such a good day. Of course, it was cold. But for an afternoon game, you know, Fenway Park was not, was not very packed. And they can't be very happy with what they saw over these last, uh, what, three or four days with the, with the Rays coming in there and taking three out of four out of them. So, you know, good for them. Um, they keep it rolling. And now they come home and they've got a home stand. They, they said, I was, I was listening to Kevin Cash after the game. He was like, yeah, man, it feels like we've been on the road a long time because some of those games were delayed. Well, Andy and um, Neil talked about they were in Boston since Wednesday. Think about that. That's right. They had the off That's day right. Thursday they had a day in Boston off. and yeah. then end up the game got rained out Friday. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I mean, they're I mean, almost as long as they were in New York, and they played seven games there. <laughs> That's right. They played two different teams, seven games, and they spent as much time in Boston. This this has really been a long road trip, mm-hmm. really has. Um, yeah, and so McClanahan, by the way, nine and one, two point oh two ERA, definitely a, a contender for starting the uh, All Star game if it keeps this up. Now he's the Cy Young leader right games. now in the American League. I mean, if you took a straw poll, or you know. I think so. Put odds on it. He's the odds-on favorite to win the Cy Young at this point. Now we're at June fifth or June sixth. We're listening to this, so sure. But a a really good start. Uh, This team is just—it's—it's fun. Like Mm -hmm. for years, and we've talked about this, but for years they've been a really good team built on pitching and defense, right? And fundamentally sound in this, but just not always exciting to watch. This team's exciting to watch. Right. Like, not only is it the personalities, and, and they've mm-hmm. always had some personalities and Willie Adamas and G-Man Choi and, and others, but yeah. but they're, they back it up now. Like, they yeah, hit. They do. Yeah. I mean, they're they no do. longer the top team in baseball run-wise. They're second, and we're going to see the top team come in this weekend with the Rangers. I'm really excited to see that series. That's crazy. What that series going to be like with those teams scoring like yeah. that? The Rangers actually have scored more runs than the Rays and given up less runs than the Rays. That's that's. I didn't think that was possible. I mean, but the Rays' run really, differential really is one twenty-five. Yeah, the Rangers is at one fifty-two. Wow, wow! And that's going. They're actually playing tonight, so that's before tonight's game. But yeah, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's a team that who expected them to be three and a half games ahead of Houston at this point. Well, right, and Jose Atuve's back, but now he's injured again, so. You know what's going to happen to them. And, you know, they, they've had – obviously the Rays have had some injuries. So, okay, on Monday you got Vidal Brujan playing, right? Because mm-hmm, Brendan Lyle's on played, the I.L. now. Yes, back back on the I.L. Is it 10 days? Is that what we're doing now, 10? Fielders are 10 Hopefully days. Not. Pitchers are 15-day I.L.s. Hopefully not soon to be 60. Um, So, Brujan starts, and, and right away, you know, he's playing for Lau, and – he makes two great plays. He has this this snow cone line driver in the fourth inning um, that he makes. And then 
he he had a, a a double play that I'm here to tell you if you're a middle infielder and you get this this ball kind of chopped to you and there's a runner busting it between first and second it's going to be sort of a bang bang thing it's like you have to charge the ball not just to make the play but to also make the tag before the runner goes by you because if you got to flip to second it's hit too slow for a double play so this is one of those unassisted then four to threes and he timed it up so well um you know got it on the big hop tagged the runner through the first base and that got him out of an inning you know like it's little things like that i mean their defense has been terrific i think i saw oh i saw where uh wander franco has like i don't know how they calculate this was it like nine run saving outs or something like that um and I think that leads the American League. I mean, just just all around the diamond. And they were able to sit a few guys. You know, they were able to give some guys a day off, and then, of course, some guys are injured. Um, so even even the depth of, of their of their team has uh, has produced or is producing. And Cash said, he goes, you know, Brew was great. And, and um, you know, they, they just had some, some huge plays defensively with uh, Mejia and him. So, yeah, they just keep getting it done, man. And... You just expect them. So it's funny. I turn them on, and it's kind of like in the background. I'm, I'm writing. I'm doing stuff. And there, at no point do you look up and think, oh, I wonder if they've given this up. Now, the bullpen has been an issue, um, but it's starting, I think, to, to sort of settle down a little bit. And as they get more guys off the IL, that's going to be even better. Um, you know, Armstrong is back. Maybe Kittry's coming at some point. So, I yeah, still didn't they're, like they're seeing com- two walks by the bullpen today. Fauché and Poche each had a walk. No. No, they the walks have been an issue pretty much all year, particularly in the bullpen. They don't make anything easy when they even when they win, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but that's that's sort of who they've been. Um, but they they find their way out of it somehow, and you know for the most part they get the win. So yeah, man, it's a it's a terrific start, terrific road trip for them, and now they come home and they're gonna be home for a while against uh, two teams that are winning their respective divisions, albeit. Yeah, Central's not that great with the Twins on top right now. That's just a bad division, I think, overall. Yeah, there are a couple uh, games above 500, uh, two games above. Everybody else is, I mean, Cleveland's five games below 500. Right, right. Kansas City would be the worst team in baseball at a 300 winning percentage if if it wasn't for the Oakland A's at a 197 winning percentage. Yeah, I think they've given up. (laughs) I think... I think they're just packing vans for Las I mean, Vegas at this point. O- Oakland's gone two and eight in their last ten, and that raised their winning percentage. So <laughs> that's so bad, man. I feel like it must be so hard to be an A's fan, and oh. there are there are legions of them out there. I've I've spent a lot of time in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a shame that uh, they were unable to get a stadium there after all those years. But uh, there's got to be some hurt people out there right now. They've been A's fans for so long. I mean, there's two teams um, in baseball, three hundred winning percentage or. or Worse. Yeah, this. I mean, the Royals and A's. That's just awful. And the Royals should never be there, right? I mean, the Royals is a proud franchise that you know they should draw well mm-hmm. in Kansas City. When you know, even when they weren't winning pennants, they 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 were a baseball town. Um, that yeah. makes no sense to me. Every but. other team is. I mean, the next worst. Team, you know, the third worst team in baseball is mm. the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, that's that is shocking. Talk about a baseball town that'll draw three million people, you know, come hell or high water. Yeah, that's one you didn't expect. I mean, you know, I didn't expect them to win the division this year. But they're I never still that think bad. the Brewers are the best team there, although the Pirates are tied with them. But right, 
but yeah, the Cardinals yeah. being that bad, that's woof. Yeah, you just don't see it. That's a that's a proud franchise that's been on top for a very long time. So yeah, it was a good good finish to the road trip, of course, and um, we'll be talking more about the Rays this week as we go along, and we've got some mailbag questions we want to get to in, in a couple seconds, as well as there's an NFL player who's from Tampa that's in a lot of hot water right now, and it's because of gambling. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. First, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, and plus with every installation, you get 700 and fifty dollars worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That's what they is. Call, that's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products that conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. They're going to customize it right to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontracts, so that means all those people up there on the roof banging in those solar those solar panels. Those are Billy Mays guys. You know who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. At 727-819-2862, you can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long, preserve the quality of those appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862, or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, Rick, you teased the story, but uh, former Blake High School standout Isaiah Rogers on the Indianapolis Colts is uh, being investigated for possible violations of the league's gambling policy. Yeah. Uh, Apparently what made hundreds of bets or at least over a hundred. Yeah. They, they think more than a hundred for sure. And that most of them were in the 25 to $50 range, Mm -hmm. but there's at least one that was in a low, a low four figure bet. So a thousand or, or more. And what makes this worse is apparently some were on Colts games. Awful to hear that. Now, they didn't say whether he bet the Colts to win or lose. That'll be the next big piece of information, obviously. Um, and, you know, Rodgers, I mean, the thing about this kid, he started nine games uh, mm-hmm. in 2022, and he was supposed to be a starter this year after they dealt Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys. So, you know, he was making it, and, of course, one of Tampa's own. Um, but there was a report by SportsHandle.com and they said that there's an investigation into a Colts player's, quote, pervasive betting, uh, including wagers placed on his own team. So the NFL did not release the name of the player that they were investigating, although it did come out. And in fact, Rodgers has now sort of done uh, a little bit of a Twitter mea culpa where, you know, he, he said he's made mistakes. He's, he apologizes. He wasn't specific, um, but that he was aware that, you know, his name was sorted out there, and he just said, you know, addressing the current reports, I, I want to take full responsibility for my actions. I know I've made mistakes. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I wanted to do was be a distraction of the Colts organization, my coaches, my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment, and I'm going to work hard to make sure all those mistakes are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL. I've never taken the game lightly. Uh, I am very sorry for all of this. Uh, not the first pl- person or the first player, obviously, to face uh, suspension because of gambling, although when you hear he gambled not just on NBA games or even football games, but actually 
gambled on Colts games, that that's obviously takes it to a different level. So he is going to miss lots of time, in my opinion, if they find this to be credible and something that he has done. And if he bet against his team, well, um, hope you have a backup plan because uh, it's going to be a while before you get back in this league. Here's Here's my thought, and it just came to me when I was reading this tonight. And, you know, for the 1,800 players or, you know, if you had practice squad, 2,000, players in the NFL. The funny thing is is that you know, 99% of them always do the right thing, you know. Uh they don't break the rules, they don't get arrested, they don't, you know, those that sort of stuff. So the easy thing to say is like, well look, you know, everybody else knows you can't gamble and and it's posted on every locker room and every clubhouse, big signs. And so you know, it's such a small percentage of guys who get caught up in this stuff. You should know better, and and they should. They get lots of education about it and lots of warnings about it and all of that. However, as Stephen A. would say, I think the NFL has has brought this on them. There's two things that have, that are happening simultaneously that is going to make this a more common occurrence, in my opinion. One is that the league has totally embraced gambling. They've always embraced it, but they've done it in a less proactive way. You know, in the past, it was sort of like, here's the betting line. Why do we need that? Well, here's the injury report. Well, why do we need that? For years and years, the NFL has known that gambling is sort of the lifeblood of their sport. Um, it is it is the perfect sport for te- television because it is a rectangular field and most of the TVs I have are rectangular. So it's a good TV sport. Um, people like to gamble. People love football. And that's why they give injury reports. That's why you see point spreads and all that stuff, right? They, and they, they don't run from it. They know it makes their game popular. That's what fantasy football has become. You know, do you really think that Rashad White needs to be bothered by fans wanting to know how many touchdowns he's going to score so they can get points on their fantasy team? Like, you know, there's an entire industry, television. Hell, I wish I'd have gotten into it. I thought it was not going to take off. Little while I know. Um, but, you know, there are TV shows devoted to nothing but fantasy football. Well, as the NFL did things like put a team in Las Vegas, uh, some of their owners invest and or be part owners of DraftKings and other gambling sites, and, oh, yeah, by the way, the train coming down the track, the one that's going to raise the franchise values of all these franchises, mark my word, is going to be the in-house gambling in these stadiums where their patrons are actually going to be able to sit there at their seats and do prop bets as the game rolls on. I just think that it's, you know, in an era now where the other thing, and the second thing that has happened is it's way too easy, right? You do it on your phone. And I don't know if you tried to pry the phone out of the hands of anybody over the age of, I don't know, 10 that has one. It's impossible. Like these, these guys and girls are raised uh, on, these, on these phones where you can literally order anything, uh, make cash transactions, uh, and yes, especially made, they've made it incredibly easy to gamble. So to, just to pass the time, if it's not TikTok, it's something else. Well, if you're a professional athlete with money and time, you don't always spend it wisely. And gambling, they've accessed these social media platforms so easily. 
that it's just like it's really easy, you know, to do. And I think you're going to see a lot of it. I, I, I don't think that – I mean, I'm sure they'll make a big deal out of this, and I'm sure there'll be more education and more seminars for their players. But the league wants it both ways. They really do. And I'm not advocating that players bet on games, much less the teams that they're playing on, because the minute – and I mean the minute people think that the results aren't what they appear to be, that there is some sort of lack of integrity in these games, your your league is done. You know? Well, and it's that's, just done. I, I, look, I, do I believe the NFL wants it both ways? Sure. But the biggest thing is they don't want any no. anybody to question the legitimacy of the game. So that's why. No. And, and this has been collectively bargained with the players. Absolutely. You know, this isn't the NFL just deciding whatever to do. This is collectively bargained. Absolutely. The players agree to this this rule. Yes. And and they actually have different rules than the NFL employees. Mm -hmm. NFL employees can't bet on anything. Players can. But they can't do it at the facility, and they they can't can't bet on the NFL. They can't bet on the NFL. Right. Exactly. And you know and what, the, what what some of the Lions players didn't bet on the NFL that were suspended but they bet at the facility. Yeah, they're and, they're gambling on the NBA and stuff like that. And if that. you don't know that when you do anything on your phone it's who you do, who you do that with, they know exactly where you're at. Mhm. Mhm. You know, they know that you were at the facility. Yeah. DraftKings and and all those those apps know exactly where you're at. They just ping it, baby. Yeah. yeah. And they know to you know a foot of where you're at. <laughs> There's no like you know no I was I down the street caught, huh? I was down the street from the facility no you weren't they know that's right All right uh, you're sitting on this bench yeah well you're, my phone was it may yeah. not have been me but my yeah, phone well, was but that's where the bet was placed and, in your name so <laughs> something was being some buttons were being pushed I'm not sure who did them I don't know but I, I mean I think you're going to see more of this but I also think. Some of these cases, you know, Calvin Ridley and now this one and, other, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be eye-opening for a lot of guys. There'll still, be, still be, be. Some, there'll still be some that don't get it and try it. Should be a cautionary tale, man. I mean, you know, yeah. your window to playing this game is short. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's uh, Rodgers is finishing a, the, the last of a four-year, $3.4 million contract. And he's a starter. He was going to be a so starter So his next this year. contract. Yeah. His next contract could have been that as a starter someplace. Well, you, you got to assume he's going to be suspended for the season. I mean, Calvin Ridley was. I, I would, yeah. If not more. I definitely would. I mean, for betting on his team. Because he bet on his team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, assuming these allegations are true, of course. Right. Well, he's not acknowledging the specificity well, of it, yeah, but I mean, he's saying I He may I not have something. said I bet on the Colts, but. He's saying I screwed up, you know. Yeah. The league is trying to protect itself to make sure integrity-wise. But like I said, the players have agreed to the punishments with this. They can't complain. Yeah. They can't. No. You know, you can't no, get upset. Nor, nor should you they. You know, we, we've talked about this with, you know, other instances where, you know, players get, you know, Devin White getting upset with the fifth-year option. Well, it's collectively right. bargained. Your union agreed to yeah. this. Your players agreed right. to this. Yeah. You may right. not have been in the league when it was agreed to, but it's been agreed to by your predecessors. Hmm. Yeah, the same organization that helped you get these big contracts, and um, I get it, and I think everything you say is absolutely correct. You have to know better. You have to stay away from it. I just think with social, with with the access to to these mm-hmm. phones and everything else that you can do on them, and and the social habits of anybody over the age of ten, where they live their lives on them to do everything on them. Um, 
it's way too easy and you know players better get this message because they're going they have to they have to protect the integrity of the game and you know i i, I just I know which way this league is going when it comes to gambling. There's going to be more and more of it, and it's going to be more out in the open. It's going to be eventually, I think. Are. All leagues are yeah. racing. I mean, there's it's a whole yeah. revenue stream for them. It's going to end up at your seat in each stadium. And when that when that day happens, um, the money's going to flow, and these franchise values are going to double. I mean, double. If they're $5 billion or $6 billion as the Reds, Redskins, the Washington football team sold for, then it's going to be, you know, twice that the next time. But they have to get on top of this and they have to make examples of these guys because this cannot this cannot occur even though on the one hand the league and its players benefit from the interest in gambling in their sport. On the other hand, the integrity is too important. But I think it's hard. I think it's gonna be I think you're gonna see more of this. Even though even though they make examples, even though, you know, generationally I think guys get bored and, you know, um, it, it the, the danger is if you have, let's say, let's say you have a problem gambling and the people do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you need to get out of trouble. What do you know better than your football team? And again, they should know that this is going to be traceable and they should know if you're doing it on your phone, that you know, and they're going to know where and when and all that. But, is it unrealistic to think that somebody would say, "Hey, I know, I know about this week. I know the team we're playing. I know how we're practicing." Like, if you needed to get out of a jam because you you had a problem and you lost a lot, you know, m- maybe maybe not that you're going to do anything to affect the outcome because that's a different argument, all, a discussion altogether. But maybe you're inclined to say, eh, "I know I'm not supposed to bet against them, but, or you know, bet the NFL, but I'm going to do it anyway." Um, you just worry about that. You worry about what kind of compromising situations these guys might find themselves into. But it's very unfortunate, uh, to say the very least. And um, you know, I hope this guy at some point down the road gets his career back. But whatever, he's going to be branded, and he's going to, if he's guilty, and he's going to miss. I agree with you at a significant amount of time, which will be which will be tough. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rick, we'll get to some mailbag questions tomorrow, so please send them in at NFL Stroud on Twitter or at SportsDayTV, or you can email Rick at rstroud at tampabay.com. But a couple notes on Monday. There were some uh, big days in, in, in Tampa Bay sports history on June 5th. Uh, first, mm. 19 years ago, Marty St. Louis scores, what, 34 seconds into double overtime? <sighs> Oh, wow. To force the Stanley Cup and the Calgary Flames to come back to Tampa for Game Seven. Did you say night? Wait, wait. Did you say nineteen years ago? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Oh my God. Woo. Okay. Double overtime, and then fifteen years ago. Uh huh. Tampa Bay Rays playing in Boston. Uh huh. James Shields 
hits Coco Crisp. <laughs> yeah. And the bench is clear. Uh-huh. Shields and Crisp throwing punches at each other. Johnny Gomes in there. This is awesome. Um, yeah. Kind of sent a statement. Kind of put the Rays on the map a little bit that year. I mean, it, I wasn't no, here did. yet, but you know that. Well, it absolutely did. And, and, and okay, so let's we'll start with the last one first. So this was, uh, you said, 15 years ago? 2008, yep. 2008. And that was the year that they went to the World Series, That's correct? correct, yes. Now, up until that point, um, they had coming off – we're coming off a season where they had lost a hundred games and Joe Madden, of course, is in his, I think his second year shields is the ace and was a guy that went deep into a lot of games. He was, you know, big game, James and complete game, James and all of that. But there was this feeling that wherever they went, especially on the road, like that they were the ugly stepchild, you know, like they were not, uh, yeah, they're American geese, but they're more of a nuisance. They're a team that they're battering ram for the Yankees and, and, you know, the small market and, uh, no one took them seriously. They just, they, they like Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, I get no respect. They got no respect anywhere that day on that day. And I'm glad you mentioned Johnny Gomes because he was such an integral part of the turnaround of this franchise. Uh, on that day, they said enough, we have had it. We we're not going to take it anymore, as as the song says. And they balled their fist, and Combs came from God knows where and threw haymakers. And after that, I'm telling you, whether perception is reality, sometimes they were they became a very galvanized team, a very close knit team that was clearly willing to literally fight for each other. And you didn't see teams stop pushing them around. And, of course, they started winning baseball games, uh, not coincidentally. That's, that happened too. Um, and I think it I think it was a turning point. There, to me, there's no question. And, oh, by the way, how did that American League championship end? With them beating the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You know, with Aki Uramura stepping on second base and David Price on the mound for the last out at the prop in a very competitive series. It was sort of a you know perfect symmetry when you when you think back of that of that game, and I think most of the Rays, if you talk to them today, would say, you know, Johnny Gomes and 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 just all of that had a real turning point for them, not just as you know that season clearly, but for the for the franchise. I mean, they didn't look back; they haven't looked back since. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't quite here yet, but mm-hmm. in talking to. You know, Andy and Dave over the years and many others around it. I mean, that moment yeah. was kind of like, we're here. Yeah, They were already a good yeah. team, but it was like, okay, now we're, we're done putting up with your crap. Right, exactly. You know, now, you know yeah. we're announcing we're here, we're here to stay. Yeah. And, you know, we're no longer the, you know, little sisters of the poor, or the, the, you know, the redheaded stepchild of this division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's taking their lunch money anymore, man. They grew up and they and they and they fought back, and uh, and and so the bully got defeated, and and so you know, they, and they literally beat them to win the American League uh, pennant, so and went to the World Series. So yeah, that was that was huge. The other one, well, I can't believe it's been nineteen years. So that was when I realized we had some neighbors that you know, hockey, Florida hockey. They've been here since ninety one. It was big. It was really big. And they were great. That team was great, clearly. Um, but it wasn't until that playoff series 
that you that I really understood the sport and how exhausting physically and mentally it has to be to win a Stanley Cup. Like seeing World Series runs, seeing NFL Super Bowl runs, and yeah, those are different sports and very physical in the NFL and all that. But man, these guys, what they went through to win the Stanley Cup, and and every game you were just on the edge of your seat when you watched them play. Uh, and you're right, Cal, Cal, Calgary or Calgary, Calgary was planning the play. I mean, they had the parade routes planned, and that really ticked them off, by the way. Um, and for them to go to double overtime, and the, the goal that, that St. Louis scores is at such an incredibly ridiculous angle for him to even get the puck to the net. Um, and then, boom, you know, they're back on a plane, and they're bringing game seven to Amelie. Uh, and we all know what happened. I mean, they won the Stanley Cup. But remember, they had like players like Jerome Aginla, and I mean that, that was that was a really good team, uh, and it looked like they were going to win the series. Well, and speaking and of I fights, think, that series may have turned on the, a couple games earlier on the Le Cavalier Aginla fight. Aginla, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yep. know, speaking of the the Boston and Rays one, but you know, who, yeah, expe- who expected right. Le Cavalier and Aginla to fight in that series? Nobody. And and I, I remember Ruslan Fanatenko was. Uh, Boarded a couple of times, I think, and and came back and scored some huge goals. Like scored both there games was in, the fi- in the game seven. That's there you go, there you go. Yeah, um, no, nah, it was it was, and of course, you know, to win their first Stanley Cup and 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 put St. Louis completely on the map in in what became then a Hall of Fame career. So much happened as a result of of Marty's goal in Game Six, which is still when you say Steve, like in in I mean, now that they've won several Stanley Cups, um, three in fact, and so there's been a lot of moments. But that could still be the biggest singular goal in franchise history, I think. Yeah, oh, I, I no question about it. I mean, it extended – I mean, Calgary thought the series was over. They were winning that game. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Cup was going to stay in, in Canada for the first time in 11 years at that point. Right. And, you know, it was going to be over. I mean, you know, you can go through the last couple years, the Lightning – you know, in in the bubble, they didn't get to a game seven. No. Now he had, he had Stamkos' goal in the bubble, which was his goal great was for phenomenal. many reasons. And he hadn't played, and he came in and only played five shifts. And on the third shift, he scores that goal, and didn't play right. the rest of the series. I mean, you know, that was an iconic goal for different reasons than St. Louis. Right. Correct. Yeah, that was a moment. That was mm-hmm. that was a goosebump moment for sure. You know. Uh, you know, but in double overtime. The cup's in the building. Calgary's ready to celebrate. I mean, you know, everything about it, and it, it brought it home for game seven in which you ended up winning. And you got it I mean, done. You know, the yeah. other part, it doesn't become so iconic if you don't win the, the Stanley no. Cup. Much like Rondé Bar- Barber's return against Philadelphia wouldn't be as iconic if they didn't win the Super Bowl. Very, very similar. I, I always thought those two plays, because um, we've done this before, we try to mm-hmm. rank that you know in all sports in Tampa Bay history, like where you know, and you got Longoria's you know game one sixty two home run and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but even in my mind, for all the years I've covered the Bucks and really for their franchise, like Rondy Barber's ninety two yard kickoff return is still the best play in Bucks history because they don't go to Philadelphia and win their their season always went there to die. It it clinched the trip to the Super Bowl and they were playing the Raiders, which was John Gruden's former team. And even though winning a Super Bowl was unbelievable and they did it in grand fashion, 
48-21 with five interceptions. Um, the harder the harder hurdle was the, was the Eagles and the greatest game and the greatest player in that game was Ronnie Barber. So that singular play. I'll tell you another play, um, and it's not really on the same realm, but in a way it is. It's like when they won the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl, and they went to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game, limited fans there it was. The throw at the end of the first half mm-hmm. um, to Scotty Miller yep. still looms to me as the one. Like that was that was the backbreaker for the Packers, even though – you know, people sometimes forget that Brady threw three picks in the second half. Really wasn't that good. It was a five point game. Aaron Rodgers could have probably run it in for a touchdown, tried to throw back across um, his body, and it was an incomplete pass. They settled for a field goal. And of course, you know, the big second guess happened after that, and they wound up losing by five. Um, but that throw to Scotty Miller just was was the ultimate sort of, they're going to do this. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they got that that last touchdown at the end of the first half and we're able to separate. So those two plays, but yeah, Marty's goal, one of the greatest, if not the greatest uh, in Tampa Bay sports history, 19 years ago. Doesn't seem possible, man. Which also means tomorrow on the seventh is the anniversary of the first Stanley Cup. That's it. That's it. Yeah, man. I know somebody that snuck into game seven. Can you imagine that? Just went over there, talked his way through the security guard, turned his back, boom. could you do that today i don't even know if that's possible with all the security and the metal detectors and the things you got to go through probably not who knows um i've never tried so i have no clue no no i'm not that guy i i think uh the one though i i have a one of my regrets in my career is that i've not really done any hockey games from a writer's standpoint but just would have been nice to gravy train on that one Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't the Times have come up with an extra credential just to have me sit in the in the media room or whatever? Um, that would have been fun. I was kind of sad that I wasn't at a Game 7. I remember those tickets were very expensive as far as my salary range went. But, um, but yeah, that was cool week that many years ago. Phenomenal. Good, good remembrances. All right, so we'll have uh, – you mentioned we'll have the mailbag tomorrow. The Rays are at home. Uh, they will begin their series against the – Twins. Uh, Minnesota Twins and the mm-hmm. Texas Rangers to follow. So that'll be something to look forward to. All that, and we promise to do your mailbag questions tomorrow as well and throughout the week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we also have the Bucks OTAs. Just to mention that before we go, uh, be back out there on Tuesday and the next week, uh, 13th through the 15th, is the final mandatory minicamp. Thanks for listening again. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. 